Good morning, everyone. It's a beautiful morning here. We had a terrific storm last night, and apparently it's going to be an even worse one tomorrow. So keep yourselves safe. And uh, don't go out in that storm tomorrow unless you absolutely have to. We're thinking, as you know, in <coughs> about Second Peter chapter 1 and the love of God, the apex of that building that we've been thinking about. This is part 19. We're almost at the end of our consideration of this particular portion of the Scriptures. And I just want to read those verses to you, verses 5 to 7. And beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness love. I sometimes think that the gospel, which literally means good news, can often be perceived by those who hear it as bad news because it's presented by well-meaning preachers often in a way that is largely portrayed as escaping judgment and eternal punishment for our sins. Well, I have to tell you that what they're saying is absolutely true and something everyone who's not trusting in Christ should be seriously concerned about. Because Scripture does make it very clear how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation. It doesn't even say reject. It's possible for us just to neglect so great, so great salvation. However, by definition, the gospel is good news, and most certainly the best news that your ears will ever hear. What I've been attempting to do over the last few weeks is to paint a picture using an analogy, as you know, in order to show what God can do in the life of those who have availed themselves of this so great salvation through exercising faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. There can be, dear fellow believer, an exhibition of the gospel. We can literally be, as Paul says in his epistle to the Corinthians, we can be living epistles, living letters, if you like, a living communication in our lives of the good news. If we allow the Holy Spirit of God to take control and work his sovereign will. I want to say this morning, thank you for being patient with me as I've been trying hard with what you might consider poor descriptions and illustrations. Nevertheless, can we please take another look at this amazing place we've been considering? The foundation of this building, in other words, the foundation of my Christian life, is absolutely rock solid. It's not my faith that saves me. Sometimes people say, I've got faith. No, you see, it's not faith that saves me. It's the object of my faith that saves me. It's the person of the Lord Jesus Christ and his substitutionary death on Calvary for me that saves me. 
And when I repent of my sins, that is, turn my back on them and turn my face towards God and claim his forgiveness on the grounds of what Jesus did for sinners like me on the cross, it's then and only then that I am saved, my sins forgiven, and I possess eternal life and the prospect of heaven becoming my eternal home when I leave this world. Then we considered the superstructure of the building, the development of graces and virtues in my life as I read and apply the truths of God's word to the way I live. And the top stone of that building being the love of God, not only personally enjoyed by me, but me becoming a conduit through which it flows to our Christian brothers and sisters and to all with whom we, I, have to come, have, have to do with and come into contact with. Our analogy of a building set high upon the clifftop, offering a vantage point of the sea and the countryside and the views for miles in every direction, is a picture of just one of the inestimable privileges of the Christian life. And we thought about that. I don't want to repeat that. We thought about that last time. I think that because of the impression given by many professing Christians, you might have come to the conclusion that to be a Christian is the most restricted, miserable, unfulfilled existence ever. You are completely and absolutely wrong. And as an aside, a business friend of mine, when he uses that word, say, says this, absolutely wrong. Funny that, isn't it? What a strange word. Absolutely. Just an emphasis of the fact that you are entirely wrong to think that the Christian life is that kind of life. And how can that possibly be true when Jesus said, I am come that you might have life and that you might have it in all its abundance? And our Saviour never lies. He is the very essence and origin of truth. So I want us all to see I want us to also see God's amazing provision for his believing people. In the analogy there's a kitchen, the dining room and of course the food and the drink put thereon. What this means is that God has provided everything that is needed in his word to feed our souls with nourishment and strength for our journey and the moral courage to withstand all that this world will throw at us. And he has also provided a fountain of living water from which we can drink in order to be refreshed, invigorated and ready for life's challenges. This provision isn't only food and drink, so to say, but this table is for fellowship and friendship with each other but more particularly with the owner of this building. It's here that we get to know the one who paid the ultimate price in order for us not only to be here, but to have all these immeasurable privileges. A personal acquaintanceship with himself being the greatest privilege of all. 
Can I remind you once again that this eternal life we possess isn't only to do with quantity and extent, it's to do with quality and intent. What I mean is this, eternal life is forever, right? Yes, of course it is. But the quality of that life is to get to know God, the creator and upholder of the universe, and Christ, and to know them intimately, increasingly, and personally. This one who loved me so much that he died in my place and bore my judgment. What greater knowledge could there be? There's more, so much more. But I haven't got time and space this morning. But God willing, next time we'll, we'll think about other aspects of this beautiful building. But as I close, please, please, never allow the devil's lies to delude you into thinking that the Christian life is a robber of reality, a thief of time, a spoiler of success, a cause of cloning, an undoer of uniqueness, a darkener of depression, a maker of misery, or anything else that's negative. No, and a million no's. To know God and Christ is the greatest knowledge you can ever have, the greatest love you'll ever experience, the greatest joy your heart could contain, and the greatest peace in which your soul can forever rest. God bless his word to you this morning.